Hello. Hello. Are you there? Can you hear us? Are you listening? Caca. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host Mariah. This is your host Hungover Bailey. Oh yeah. We hurtin'. need to start drinking soon. Hurting for it? Certain. <laughs> uh, we took a little break. Hope you guys had a great Halloween. We had a great Halloween. We will tell you all about it. But I will tell you up top, the subject matter of this episode is going to be a little bit more serious. I'll just say without trying to ruin anything, when Nick saw what I was watching, he's like, oh, so this is how we're going to kick things off after your hiatus with the, you know, horror week or whatever that's right the horror month uh-huh. there's a price to pay yeah. and that whole month that you had yeah. all your shenanigans and fun for real over he's, he's like so i'm just gonna come home to watch you cry awesome <laughs> <laughs> oh like he comes home to watch you do anything <sighs> okay so right off the back we are kicking off it is native american heritage month we've been telling you that we were going to do an episode about this about missing murdered indigenous women which yes. is what we are doing tonight before we get into our shenanigans <sighs> let's start with what we're drinking special episode i know nothing special beverage yes. it feels very on point this is a very dark this just felt like it went well with the theme yeah and it's putting me way far out of my comfort zone oh so let's do especially because it's cold in here what do you have a guess we're drinking red wine hey what kind pinot noir love it because i don't know what to pick yes that's one of my faves but it sounds fancy yeah i figure not fancy but i mean it sounds cool yeah and i like pinot grigio yeah so i'm like oh so here i am with our iced up glasses. i know i know oh, i know fine. how funny no i love a I personally do not drink red wine. I drink all wine. Well, Uh, not sweet wine. That's not true. No. Like Moscato's or whatever. No, 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 no. I don't drink red wine, but in all fairness, the last time I tried to drink red wine, I didn't drink wine at all. So there's a good chance that maybe, I'm going to tuck mine in the blanket, warm it up a little. There's a chance that maybe my wine taste buds have changed. Yeah. Like I'll go really hard in and out of beer phases. Right. Like where sometimes nothing tastes better than a beer. Yeah. But there are other times where you're just trying to get to it and it's like, no, get the fucking beer out of my face. It yep. smells. <laughs> it smells. It's going to make me bloated. It's heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought to go with our wine, we would do a classic, classic M&B throwback. Oh. <gasps> Hold on, hold on. She's reaching into the bag. I have so many she surprises for me. with a bag full of tricks, you guys. Okay. What? A little snack to go with our special red wine. It's this in a brown bag. This goes all the way back to our middle school years. It's a Tupperware. What am I looking at? <laughs> Is it just cookie dough? Is it just, <laughs> it's little, just raw it's cookie little, dough? Well, no, but they're in ball form. Well, I mean, you don't want to like have oh, all of our fingers in there. Oh, they're balled dough. Yeah. That's the cutest with red wine. Are you That's what I'm thinking. kidding me? I'm thinking red wine oh and chocolate chip God. cookie dough probably go great together. That's why I feel like for me, red wine is a seasonal thing. Mm-hmm. I tend to start drinking it when it becomes like soup season or when it's close to Halloween. Cause I want that fucking chocolatey, salty Halloween candy Yeah, with my red wine. Perfect. Yeah. So I brought you cookie dough. Incredible. 
Taking it all the way back to when we would get high and just eat wow. rolls of cookie dough. Well, you know, we are going to be crying and very emotional. <laughs> We're going to need the emotional support Dude, dough. between me <laughs> having to drink red wine, yeah, I mean, that might just take me over. That's going to do it right there. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one last Halloween surprise. I can't handle it. I just got this today. Oh, my gosh. I was going to put it in a gift bag, but then I didn't have room. Okay, you ready? Steady. It isn't a... Oh, wow. Do they say the same thing? Yeah. Okay. Ghouls just want to have fun. I got us little out... What are they like? Outdoor wine glasses? Plastic wine yeah, glasses? they're insulated. They're insulated and... Oh, they're spiders or something. Yeah, there's like spiders and bats in them. They're Halloween themed. There's some glitter. It says ghouls just want to have fun. Well, then here we go. These are already warm. Let's I know, these. but I haven't washed them. I bought them today. <sighs> Yeah, that feels risky. <laughs> that feels like now we're just flirting with COVID. Oh my goodness, I love them. So They're there you so go. Cute. Red wine, Halloween Quite wine cups, raw glasses. cookie dough. I'm doing everything I can to make this episode more tolerable for Woo! you. Let's fucking do it. All right. You want to crack open that red wine? I sure and do. I'll get us going on halloween obviously we don't gotta tell y'all our favorite holiday well let's start with saturday so saturday um we did like a little neighborhood court party because we live on a court i don't know what the fuck is wrong with our kids what do you mean we literally my kids had the time of their lives i know but we literally gave them the okay to go play with strangers like just go away and they kept coming home (laughs) <laughs> well, they were in your yard because you have the coolest yard, B. I know, but I'm just like, just go hang out with strangers. Go play in other people's yards. But I feel like they did, though. They were yeah. running around and driving their cars and riding their bikes. I think my favorite was watching Wyatt chase after all of them in his clown outfit. Yeah, which right? is your clown outfit. But still, but yeah, just to see the clown out there like, ah! It's the best. So everybody who participated had like an activity in their driveway, a game or a treat or something. And we just let the kids kind of run wild. We put a movie on the um, garage door, had a little outdoor movie bonfire session. And the whole neighborhood. I mean, even without me getting a big response in like emails, everyone still pulled out something. Yeah. Whether it was candy or. And we lit off some fireworks. Mm -hmm. What a time. What a time to be alive. All right, my first real foray into red wine. Let's do this. Cheers. Clink. Smells like red wine. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's definitely red wine. All right. Yeah. Man, this is what people drink, huh? It's dry. I love it. I think it's great. I I might just have to acquire a taste for it. It'll take time. Look, Mm -hmm. when I started off drinking white wine, I had to learn to like that, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I do get it. And I will say the tasting notes on this one was like two things that made sense, like berry, like cherries, something, and yep. then cigar box. Mm-hmm. And I will say I I can taste the hint of cigar box in it. That so, was Saturday. We did our little fair festival thing. And I will say real quick, uh, everyone was supposed to dress up at my work for Halloween. So my you went all out. Dumbass you went all out the most hair and makeup. Yes costume i mean a full face of like ghosty white gray ghost face and hair it was the best yeah but i was the only one at my work that dressed up yeah fuck them (laughs) right why did they did friday for treat street yeah whatever but 
I felt so dumb. No. I felt so ridiculous. You never have to feel dumb wearing an outfit the week of Halloween. And I knew it too. The whole week is off. I felt like after I was done doing my hair and makeup, I'm like, mm, this might be pushing it. This might be a little much. And I knew it because when I walked out <laughs> to get into my car to go to work, you were outside setting stuff up in your yard. And you're like, oh my God, I, I love it. it. I love it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. You I went way too you far. You looked at your child like, yep. That just puts that <laughs> fucking nail in the coffin. Yeah. I definitely went too far. If, if I'm getting that big of a response from B, uh-huh. I pushed it. It was incredible. So. Anyway, so that was Saturday. And uh-huh. then Sunday, we just went trick-or-treating. But in a new neighborhood. And it was a really fun neighborhood. Incredible how their little legs will take them for what seems like endless miles for fucking candy. Yeah, we went to this big like trick-or-treat neighborhood. And it lived up to the hype. It was a big trick-or-treat neighborhood yeah. in fact i felt like it was maybe a little much it was it was a lot because we trick-or-treated for a little over an hour and like you guys just left because we all parked outside the you neighborhood had to wait for the bigs we had to come back in and pick the bigs up mm-hmm. and uh i can tell you that all that trick-or-treating be we did i don't even know if we did a third of the neighborhood i'm sure we didn't that neighborhood goes on and yeah. on mm-hmm. and i was like holy shit yeah. this is chaos mm-hmm. it's huge mm-hmm absolutely so if you're like a teenager or something you, you could, could go oh my gosh but at the same time by the time we were still out with littles like houses were running out of candy yeah because people it's so were turning crazy. out their lights mm-hmm. that's when we were like all right littles see check this out they're going to bed you guys need to go to bed too i think next year i want to go where wyatt's best friend went mm-hmm. um because it's also popping but it's not as popping okay. and it's all the because it's a neighborhood more like downtown yeah so it's the kind of just a little bit older houses so they have like the front porches mm-hmm. you have to walk up and mm-hmm. knock on the door those and are creepier the tree-lined streets and yeah just I do very appreciate that. halloween vibes and versus uh, just walking up someone's driveway right. to their garage door. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then um her mom said that like they also go all out and everyone decorates and everything and she said you would have loved this beat one house was giving out drinks like waters and juices which we is what we wanted that. so badly mm-hmm. one house had like a s'more station so they weren't giving the kids the marshmallows yeah. but they were like making them fresh right and, like handing them out perfect um and then same thing there was lots of garages with movies on them just like fun stuff to do so yeah i think we're gonna do that maybe next year perfect because it sounded really fun and that is so as much as we complain about not getting trick-or-treaters it is nice that we don't have that pressure to stay home and be in our neighborhood that we can go and check out what the town has to offer because there's always going to be a new hot spot yep cool so that was halloween tell us what your halloween was like we had a lot of fun what did you guys dress up as so what we did the hotel transylvania theme yep and I drew hair on Nick. I know. Which probably the best. I wish y'all could see it, but they didn't get a good picture of it. Her husband's bald, so they had to uh, draw on the Dracula I was really, hair. Yeah, it was really fun. What'd you use? Just like body paint? Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, and just because I used like a sponge and then I stippled with the brush. to, And, and he let the hair grow out, so it was kind of like peach fuzzy. Yeah. To give the texture. But yeah, that was incredible. So between him having hair and then my daughter having black hair. Yeah. Because she was Mavis. Mm-hmm. They were both a trip. I'm like, and who you had are boobs. these people? I had ginormous boobs. Great. Because we used all the balloons the day before mm-hmm. and I didn't have any to make my own size so I just went with 
the bigger the better. That's right. To go with it was a real Mrs. Hit. Eunice Stein, Frankenstein's wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yours And then was that great. house with the Frankenstein in the yard. Perfect. That picture, and the green lights. killing me. I know. It was the best. I'm sure if you guys follow us on Instagram, you saw it. Um, <clears throat> It was great. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't think I... Dr- oh, I was just... My fallback for any trick-or-treat is a Hogwarts witch. Uh-huh. Because it's what I always have laying around. Yeah. Um, and like you said, you had gone all the miles the day before. The day before. And then Friday for our local little treat street, which is where kids get to go trick or treat in the businesses in our downtown where I work. Um, I was a Viking. I was like a Loki variant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my oldest was Loki. That's who I stole half of my costume from for treat street. They were Loki. My middle one, Wyatt, was a demented, scary clown, which he used and borrowed B's infamous that clown outfit. That fucking clown costume. It, it go- just comes. And you know what I just realized? Oh, we'll have to do a side by side because you wore that to his first birthday. Yes. Oh. That's so cute. I will yeah. have to post a side by side for sure. And then you guys have seen her wear it for our John Wayne Gacy yep. episode. Her mom bought it when she was pregnant with B. I mean, it's just. It's a generational it's heirloom. Classic. Mm-hmm. And then my youngest was Elsa. You know, <laughs> boring. It is what it is. <laughs> no, because she had her light up rain boots. Yeah, she did. And then you got that little clip in hair thing. Her little hair extension. Right. It was a long uh-huh. white blonde braid, which my daughter is not blonde. So it looked perfect. It looked incredible. <laughs> I'm so good. All good things. So yeah, let us know how your guys' Halloween was. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys had a good one. Yeah. It's always our favorite time of year. Um, okay, so you mentioned the perfume. Yeah. Which I was so excited about. Oh, no. Imaginary authors. What? It, it just. You only like the one. I found the one that and I that really was like. And I have tried other ones. And, and you can't. I cannot find another one that I like. Okay. So I don't know if we're going to do the weekly yeah, smell yeah, test. Yeah. All right. Because I keep trying to like. I'm like, okay, I just have to wear it and like get used to it. Mm-hmm. And it'll grow on me. And I'll make it 10, 15 minutes and be like, I fucking hate it. Yeah. And I'm like spraying something else on me. So if anybody cares at all, and if you don't, hopefully you're already fast forwarding through this part. Imaginary Authors has all of these crazy sounding perfumes. And I was very excited about it. I got the sample box. It is lovely packaging. And all of the perfumes, I don't know, they just all have these crazy descriptions and they all come with like a little story and it's super fun. But I only liked this first one that I tried on. So let's see if I can. But you really like it. I like it a lot to the point where I might actually buy. Like a full size. A full size. I want my next perfume uh, experiment is going to be with the dupe of Baccarat. Mm -hmm. I think it's like Baccarat Rouge 540 or something. So A City on Fire by Imaginary Authors has notes of Cade Oil, Spikenard, I don't even know what that right? is. What the fuck? Cardamom. Yes. Clearwood, dark berries, labdamum, which I'm assuming might have something to do with cardamom. Okay. I don't know. And burnt match. And it tells you this whole story about this couple and one works at a match factory in Portland's Lower East Burnside, blah, 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 blah. It's a bunch of bullshit. It says, when to wear this fragrance, the refined smoke accord makes this an... <laughs> austere and luxurious scent for evenings on the town whether with a special someone or alone and looking for trouble Ooh. so i will say my best way to describe it is 
you're at a bonfire and the cute guy you've been talking to all night, the mm-hmm. guy you have a crush on, gives you his hoodie to wear. That's exactly what it smells like to me. It is a little masculine and it is a little campfire-ish, which I like. See, I would lean towards like a beachy bonfire. Like I wasn't getting like the cardamom and like the wild dark berry. Or yeah. Any, yeah. But but I like a nice fire smell. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So I like that one. I don't think I'll review the rest of them. But who knows? I have a bunch of little minis over there that I have to try out. So there you go. one of them strip smells like just cologne, like yeah. dude's cologne. So I gave it to Was my it oldest kid. One of them supposed to be like laundry. I want to smell. I, yeah, but I didn't. Like I didn't get that one in there. <gasps> but the one that I was most excited about, the ju- the St. Julep or something, mm-hmm. was supposed to be like oak barrels and bourbon and like white magnolia. Mm-hmm. And it fucking smells like the oldest lady you've ever met. Mm-hmm. And I get it now upon retrospect that those are old people smells. But still. I was I'm like, dude, white magnolia and oak barrels and bourbon. Yeah. It sounds so good. But then it smells like a mint from your grandma's purse. Oh, it's supposed to smell like mint, too, because it's a it's like a mint julep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it smells like uh, that little white and green candy in the bottom of your grandma's yeah, purse. Yeah, yeah. And that's why it's going to smell like old lady. Yeah. I mean, listen, they all can't be winners. No, no. And speaking of a lot of not winners, I'm going to do a really quick bad movie review. Oh, good. Because I had some extra time on my hands. Obviously, um, what the fuck? What's her name? Megan Fox. She's all over the place, right? Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I did read one of her recent interviews where she hands down says that the role she played in Jennifer's body is was like, her favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen the movie. I've never seen it, but I know what it's about. Yeah. And now I guess because it got horrible re- reviews when it came out, it like bombed in the box office. So now it's like a cult favorite. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's cool. I can lean in towards that. Like we know yes. how that goes. Gave it a try. Terrible. Awful. <gasps> It's Megan Fox playing Megan Fox. Yeah. She literally just goes around and seduces boys and then eats them. Nice. Like, I mean, that's that is it. fun. Mm-hmm. It's a funny movie. It's like a comedy yeah. more than anything. Like, right. I laughed. Um, Amanda Seyfried, I think, is the other girl in it. But how many, how many knives did you give it? It's a fucking, like, one knife. It's just a bad movie. Oh, but shit. if you're just looking to, like, have something on and, like, laugh. Yeah. And just no going into it because you normally appreciate a bad movie yeah it's just the writing's bad like it's, yeah, it's just bad all the way around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i told you about it but i want to mention it the lodge where the kids gaslight the stepmom into making her think that they all died oh i vaguely remember what you're talking about right so the reason i chose to watch this was because reading the description it makes it seem like the stepmom's evil. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the trailer and it made it look like the kids were evil. Uh-huh. So I watched it and I'm like, everyone's fucking evil and oh. they all suck. Oh. And they all kind of deserve to die. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, the kids are blaming the stepmom for their mom killing herself because of the divorce and the whole thing. And so when they're left alone with her in a cabin in the woods, they steal her medication. They know that she has like a chemical imbalance. So they fucking take her medication and convince her that they died in their sleep and they're stuck in purgatory. That's crazy. Yeah. So. That's wild. 
really interesting concept. Right. They could have done something with that. They could have. Sure. Yeah. But they didn't. It fell real flat. Another mm-hmm. one knifer. Yeah. But. Oh, my gosh. We we watched so many movies this uh, week. I had to get it in while I still had time. Okay. So this one's new. It's a 2021. It is currently on Netflix. And I watched this because it's the same people that do Stranger Things mm-hmm. and like the Conjuring universe. Okay. Adjacent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called There's Someone Inside Your House. Classic theme. And going into it, I was like maybe 10 minutes deep where I'm like, oh, is this going to be real fucking slow? And then I go, boom, someone dies. Whoa. Yes. And they're good deaths. They're like very graphic. Great. Mm-hmm. So I actually enjoyed that And that one. was one was on Netflix? It is on Netflix now. And how many knives is that one? That one I would give a solid three. Okay. I would. I mean, it's nothing like... I don't know, mind blowing, but, but it's fun. It was fast paced. I didn't get bored. Okay. Has a lot to do with the lies that people tell you. And this is interesting about the killer is, um, spoiler they, alert. <laughs> well, no, they make like a 3d printed mask for each victim. Oh, so it's like the person that's killing you is you. You're forced to look into your own face. Oh, really? Okay. I'm going to try a cookie dough ball and see if it's going to make the wine more tolerable for it me. It will for sure. So I thought that was interesting. And there was a kid in the movie who converts all of his dad's Nazi memorabilia into smoke items. Amazing. So there's like a fucking Nazi trumpet horn thing that he turned into a pipe. And obviously the gas masks are all hugged up to shit. And I will say this does taste better with something sweet. And then they were partying in cornfields. You know, you know, I like a good party in a cornfield in a horror movie. <laughs> Absolutely. This wine tastes like how that perfume smells half the time. Mm-hmm. All right. So anything else that we want to talk about? No. That's it? That's it. Okay, dokie. So real quick, our rules. Take a sip of whatever you're drinking on. Or a bite of your dough ball. (laughs) Or a bite of your dough ball. Or a hit of your joint. Or a hit of your Nazi memorabilia pipe. Right. Anytime we are not in the pod shed, which we are tonight, freezing because it's like 43 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. Again, not cold for the rest of the U.S., cold for California. Um, Mention a badass big sister. Mention a prior THC episode. Spill something. Mention an episode of Monk. And cheers. There you go. Boom, I'm getting better and better every week, baby. Love it. This week's episode, like I said, we are dedicating to the MMIW, the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. I'm going to give you more of a very brief, horrible, horribly done overview and then just like a quick case that I watched on Dateline. And then B is going to do a review of Wind River, which I actually really love that movie. And I'm glad you say that because... We watched it, Nick and I watched it when it came out, and I didn't know going into it what it was going to be about. I just knew it was Jeremy Renner, so I'm like, yeah, I'm down to watch it, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it, and it did bring my attention to this big problem we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was pre-THC podcast B. So for yeah. you to watch a serious movie. Again, I knew nothing. I knew nothing about <laughs> it going into it. And I think Nick sold it like, hey, you want to watch Jeremy Renner? And I'm like, OK, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> All right. So I got everything from MMIWUSA.org real quick. 
is where you can go to donate money. I'll say it again at the end in case you're a skipper. But if you want to donate to the cause, you can go to MMIWUSA.org and donate to the cause. And what is it that we're donating towards? Is it looking back and trying to find more of these? Probably and probably like education. And I would assume, yeah, trying to find all these unaccounted for and probably Mm -hmm. trying to get like legislation and laws passed. Beautiful. NativeWomensWilderness.org, History.com, BorganProject.org, and of course, an episode of Dateline called uh, Secret <coughs> of S- Secret of Silent Lake. Ooh, okay. I think it's a very recent episode, so it's not too hard to find. All right, so we'll just hit you with some hard facts right off the top. Indigenous women and girls are murdered at ten times a higher rate than any other ethnicity in the u.s crazy 10 times higher rate of murder for indigenous women four out of five indigenous women and girls have experienced violence more than half of indigenous women and girls have experienced sexual assault and murder is the third leading cause of death for indigenous women and girls insane third leading cause no i know that's absolutely unacceptable no In 2016, which was the most recent study I could find, I'm not sure if they just haven't done more studies since then. Again, because bring awareness, people. Right. 5,712 reports were made of missing women and girls, Native women and girls, but NAM US, which in case you guys don't know what NAM US is, it's the Department of Justice's Federal Missing Person Database. So it's where they put in all the info for missing people. They run all their shit. They only logged a total of 116 cases that year. So there's a big discrepancy about people reporting something happening and then the actual officials getting their hands on it and making official reports. And those are just that 5,000 number are just the ones reported. There are tons that go unreported. Right. Obviously. So what is causing this huge discrepancy in numbers? We'll start off with reservations, right? So obviously we all know Native American people were forced onto reservations. There's currently about 300 reservations in the U.S. And this started as a way for the U.S. government to control and minimize conflict with Native Americans and force conversion to European customs, to the language, to Christianity, all of that stuff, right? They had their children kidnapped and taken to boarding schools and residential schools where they were assimilated to European white Christian culture. And the last residential school to close in Canada closed in 1996. Wow. So this is a very recent thing that was happening. And then we all know, unless you've been living under a rock, that they are currently still finding mass unmarked graves of Native American children at the locations of these boarding schools. Yeah. Now, the, the residential schools are no longer a thing. They needed a new way to to basically take Native children. And the way they did that was by basically finding Native women unfit and taking their kids from them, leaving them with, like, no way of really getting their kids back. Yeah. And then forcing the children into either foster care or into the care of white families. Mm-hmm. From 1941 to 1967, one third of indigenous children were forcibly removed from their families no not okay they have since 
passed these laws that if you take a native child from their family, you have to basically put it with a foster family from their same tribe to help keep this from happening, right? The taking of children and placing them with families who won't keep their culture alive and all of that stuff. The problem with what's going on in Texas, and I don't have any news source for this. this, I don't have any like facts to give you guys, but I'm just letting you know they've Two things have happened in Texas. They've overturned that policy in Texas that now if you take a native child from their family, you do not have to give that child back to a fostering family in the tribe. You can place them wherever you want. Um, and all the abortion shit's going oh, on they where they're making abortions basically illegal. Yeah. So get ready because they're basically going to start kidnapping native children in Texas and placing them with white families. I'm calling it now. Okay. History repeating itself. Yeah, because that never happens. Mm-hmm. So now, generations later, you have people, a whole group of people stuck on these reservations. Are they stuck as in they can't leave anymore? No, they are not. Everybody is free to leave. It's not like how it was 100 years ago. However, you have generations of people with no job potential. Right. What have we set them up for? Right. Yeah. There's no, there's there's very limited jobs on the reservation. They have no legs to stand on to make the journey out to. There's no good paths to education. Yeah. The schools are shit. The healthcare is shit. Right. You're stuck on this piece of land in the middle of nowhere. And it's land, they were purposely given shitty land. So they can't farm on it. They can't live off the land like they always used to. They're just given crappy land. But make better choices and do better with your life. Of been, course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if kids are great in school and can get their way to a scholarship they have to move off the reservation where are they going to get the money to live where are they going to get just the money for food and everything else that comes with college life and not living with your family right so we have no money we have no driver's licenses a lot of them don't even have official addresses that you can give people to like if you're trying to become like legitimate in the eyes of like the american system they don't even have addresses right Now, Native Americans are the poorest ethnic group in the U.S. Native Americans are the poorest ethnic group in the U.S. The median income is 23,000, but 20% of Native American households live with under $5,000 a year. No. They're also the poorest in health, 177% more likely to have diabetes. I'm sitting right here with my type 1 diabetes. Uh, 500% more death from tuberculosis which i didn't even know was still a thing and 60 percent higher infant mortality rate than any other race in the u.s these reservations are third world conditions some do have casinos but most casino owners a lot of them are corrupt just like anybody else would be whether they have full native blood or a lot of them come in with this whole like but i'm one 24th Native American. So yeah, I, can I can own relate. a casino. Yeah, I totally relate. Well, because you have to be of Native blood to own a casino. Yeah. They're taking advantage of their own people. They're taking advantage of people's um, gambling addictions, that they're spending the money that they don't have in these casinos. And very few tribes see a profit from these casinos. Right. Now, all of this leads to what? Huge substance abuse problems. Right. Everyone's fucking depressed and poor and stuck and people are being having acts of violence forced upon them. 
So this leads to Native Americans having the highest rate of alcohol and drug abuse of any ethnic group in the U.S. Now, reservations um, have tribal sovereignty, meaning that like local law enforcement has no rights there. Okay. Which is a good and a bad thing. Right. It's a good thing because it means that it gives tribes the chance to be self-policing. Mm-hmm. And so you would think that would mean no bias or racist shit going on. The problem is, is it leaves the reservations very vulnerable because yep. they don't have enough tribal police with enough training to be of a lot of help. Yep. And they also rely on a thing called the BIA, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, to take care of all of that stuff all of their health and legal and law needs but just anytime when legal and law gets involved like the complications and the time and the resources like it all just and it also makes a clusterfuck so if somebody gets killed on the reservation it becomes a weird mishmash of like who takes care of it we talk about like misplaced evidence and like missing pieces of paper and when it comes to people that aren't being recognized anyways it's that much easier to just be like oh fell through the cracks yep and so you have tribal police kind of not knowing how to get a handle on the situation and it's a murder so you can't call in local law enforcement so you have to call in the fbi and the bia and you have to get them involved and so now you have at least three different groups all kind of tangled up trying to figure out what to do sure they all work well together right of course So this leads to a lot of people being able to take advantage of that. They can Mm -hmm. come on these reservations. They can commit these crimes. They can rape. They can kill. They can beat. And they can get out of there before anybody even has time to report it or figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Another big perpetrator of violence against Native women comes from the oil pipelines. If you look at a map of where all the major oil pipelines are, they're either on Native American land illegally because mm-hmm. even though Native Americans have treaties to their land, the U.S. government just goes, fuck you. We're going to put this here anyways. Or it's like right next to reservation land because these oil lines are known for bursting all the time. They're known for being environmental hazards. They're known for poisoning the water. And nobody cares if that happens to Native Americans. They would never put an oil pipeline through a white community. It would never fucking happen. So with these oil pipelines comes man camps. Right. Which are the camps where the men that work on the oil pipelines live. And it's like hundreds, sometimes thousands of men living in these like little kind of like trailer setups. Uh And they're making a lot of money working for that oil pipeline. And they will definitely take advantage with whatever's around. And unfortunately, that means taking it out on Native American women. Right. Because there's nothing else around. So besides... The environmental reasons why you see people at like Standing Rock protesting against these pipelines being built on reservation land is not just because you're breaking treaties and it's not just because you're going to fuck up their water and their environment. It's because your fucking pipeline men are going to come in and rape and kill women and then move down the pipeline and nothing's ever going to get done about it. Yeah. Fantastic. Are we all. (laughs) Are we all up to date? Are we all having fun yet? Yep. Good times all around. Hold on. Sure, that wine's really quenching your thirst. Oh, God, it's so bad. (laughs) You could turn it into a sangria. Add a little bit of your wild berry truly to it. No, I'm I'm committed. So all of these things leave the population of Native women very vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You have 
the reservation women growing up in the middle of nowhere with no real law enforcement to help protect them, living in a cycle of poverty with horrific substance abuse issues and violators and abusers coming at them from all sides. And by the way, no one here is perfect, including their own homes, lots of domestic violence, lots of men in their own families. Again, yeah, with the alcohol and the drug abuse, I mean, it's going to happen. And then you have urban Native women living off the res, but still usually not living the high life. No. Growing up in foster care, a lot of them turn to sex work, a lot of them turn to substances, and that just leaves them open for vulnerability as a people. Very much like a woman named Carla Yellowbird. So this is when we get into our Dateline episode. This There's no real case that Wind River is based on. It's kind of just based on this topic. Right. Right. So I listened to this episode. It's an episode that you can watch on Dateline. I listened to the podcast because they didn't have it on peacock tv this one episode but you can listen to the ep- the podcast episode which is literally just the audio so. from the mm-hmm. from the tv show lissa Yellowbird is a native american woman in north dakota she is known as kind of almost like a private investigator she's basically a woman who goes out out and helps families with missing family members and okay. loved ones find them now, most of the time, they're finding bodies, but they're at least getting closure. Absolutely. Which is what we have talked about so many times. Many times. Reoccurring theme, for sure. Is that as much as you don't want your loved one to be dead, when it goes not years knowing. with not knowing, it's at least it's closure. Torture. Uh-huh. So they call her in. <laughs> she can basically work in all of these gaps that law enforcement leaves mm-hmm. because the local law enforcement can't come on the reservations. And even the... The FBI or the BIA, if other people get involved, a lot of locals don't want to talk with them because they they don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So Lissa, being a Native American woman and growing up on the reservation, she can kind of get in there. For sure. And get a lot of that groundwork That's done. brilliant, yeah. Until her 27-year-old niece, Carla Yellowbird, goes missing. Oh, God. August 2016, Family members have officially stopped hearing from Carla, which is not like her. She usually keeps in very close contact with her family. Her mom and sister call around to all of her friends and nobody has heard from her. Carla, of course, is an outgoing, happy, smart girl. She grows up. She's a badass big sister. She's the oldest. She goes to college. She gets married. She has kids. Everything is looking up for Carla. Fortunately, she does fall victim to drug addiction. Okay. And that's kind of where we're at with Carla right now. She's still their like sweet, happy girl. Oh, she's a woman now. But, you know, everyone in her family loves her, even though the drug addiction is a bitch. But, you know, you know so many. There's so many people who have that struggle on reservations. And, you know, she is a mother to seven. So anyways, when she stops calling, everyone gets suspicious. They call around. And so finally, they call in Aunt Lissa to, like, come help, right? Now, Carla's roommate said the last they heard, Carla was supposed to go to a town called St. Michael, which is a town located on the shores of Spirit Lake. Um, Spirit Lake is an actual lake, but it's also the Spirit Lake Reservation, which, again, can't call in local police to, right? Right. But they do have a detective 
doing what she can off of the reservation, Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. They set up this huge search site. They have a five state, three reservation search area, which is a pretty big amount to be searching. Um, By mid-September, there's reports that Carla was last seen in a silver car with three friends. It was actually like three dudes. Mm -hmm. All of these guys have criminal backgrounds. They're all from the Spirit Lake Reservation. They call the Spirit Lake Reservation authorities and they try to call the BIA and they kind of just get the cold shoulder. Yep. They're not talking or they're not taking them seriously or whatever. Mm -hmm. So now Lissa gets in there. She starts going around the res and talking to people. She also starts just searching on foot, going door to door, doing the footwork, doing the hard work. And she gets her Facebook involved because she has thousands of followers on Facebook. She basically puts out the description of the guys and the car and all of that. And she finds out the name of the owner of the car, which is one of Carla's friend's dad. So she finally pinpoints it down to these three guys that Carla's with. And she puts them on blast on social media. If you see so-and-so, let them know I'm fucking looking for them. Let them know I want to talk to them. Eventually, one of the guys calls this guy named Suna. He's calling because, first of all, he's concerned that she's naming him, right? And he's basically like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was giving Carla and those guys a ride. And then I don't know what happened after that. Yada, yada, yada. She can tell that she can tell that he's lying. She doesn't let up. He keeps calling her back and she just never, ever lets up on him. Lissa's a tough bitch and she is like sticking it to him until he finally cracks. Okay. So after hours of multiple phone calls, Asuna finally admits that Carla is dead, that his two friends are responsible and that he all he did was help move the body because they threatened to kill him if he didn't. The plan was to rob her of her drugs and money. And one of the guys hit her with the butt of his gun. But then I guess the gun went off on accident and shot her in the head. And that's what she died from was a bullet to the head. The next day, now we have the FBI and the BIA on the reservation. But soon as hiding out. So now Lissa and the detective join the group on the reservation and they start searching Because they need Suna to lead them to the body. Okay. They finally find him and he leads them to a desolate field where he finds where they find Carla's body. So the man who hit Carla on the head with the gun and quote unquote actually shot her is found guilty to felony first degree murder. And he is sentenced to 27 and a half years. The other man is guilty to second degree murder and sentenced to 50 years but that's because i guess he had like other things he was being charged for okay and suna gets 15 years because he cooperated with police now lissa actually goes to court and speaks up for suna in court and she does this because first of all they would have never found out what happened to Carla if he wouldn't have spoke he did up. reach out. Mm-hmm. And she also wants to send a message to other people like him. It's that better to do the right thing. To, re- to actually speak up and say something. This, of course, basically severs her ties with her family. Carla's family cannot ever forgive her for speaking up for Suna in court. But she believes it was the right thing to do. Because it's for the greater of the people. Yep. And so there you go. That is the case of Carla Yellowbird. Just touching on some of the issues that we talked about before. 
the discrepancy in like law enforcement and how hard it can be to get help. The BIA swear up and down that they were in contact with Lissa and the detective and that they were out there searching and they were doing this and they were doing that. That was after the fact. No, no, no. They said that they were in there and Lissa's like, "Mm, no, they weren't. No, 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 they weren't. You guys showed up when there was a fucking body to clean up. Right. Yeah. No one was out there actually giving any fucks trying to put in the effort to find her. Yep. Just Lissa and this detective who had no jurisdiction on reservation land. So there wasn't much she could do. Mm hmm. So that's Carla Yellowbird. That's a very quick and hopefully semi-educational overview of missing and murdered indigenous women. Yeah. If you guys, I have some book recs for you guys. If you want to read some books, almost all of these are by Native American authors with the exception of one. Um, These are books that I've read that had a really, really big lasting impact on my life. Um, we've mentioned this before. We probably should mention this at the top that I am half Native American. My dad is Hickorilla Apache. We do not look anything alike. So if you've seen me on Instagram, I will post a picture of me and my dad. <laughs> he looks totally different than me. Um, but these are all books that had a big impact on my life, reading about characters that reminded me of my own family members and really giving you like an insight to struggles on reservations and struggles of reservation history and Native history. So... Love Medicine by Louise Erdrich. Yellow Raft, Blue Water by Michael Doris. That's one of my favorite books of all time. I've read it multiple times. In fact, I think the cover's off of it. I think the cover broke off. Wow. Navajos Wear Nikes by Jim. Oh, sorry, Jim. Christophic. Broken, A Love Story by Lisa Jones. She is not native. She is a obviously a writer and a journalist who went to the Wind River Reservation to do a piece on, I'm sure on something, either on reservation life or on whatever she was there for, and ended up um, going back for many, many years and kind of having a second life there because she was so kind of taken by the whole thing. Yeah, I'm sure. And then this has nothing to do necessarily with... um, Native American people, but there is a great novel called The Missing Place by Sophie Littlefield, and that is actually about oil pipeline workers. It's about two uh, young kids who go off to work the pipelines, and they go missing, and the again, these oil companies are these huge companies that cover everything up, and they have the money for the big lawyers and the big cover-ups, so you don't hear about the violence against Native women, and you don't hear about the violence even in their own camps, just in general. So when these two kids go missing, the moms have, their moms basically come together to, like, try to find out what happened to their sons. Oh. So, it's great. Great book. All of those books are great. I love every single one of those books, so... There's a nice little reading list for y'all. And then maybe do the websites again now before we keep drinking. And I think it was just MMIWUSA.org okay. to donate. Perfect. Okay. Look at me. I got to be fancy tonight because I didn't have a printer. Oh, you have your uh-huh. tablet. Uh-huh. I want to just say that I was glad I had seen this movie in advance. Right, because mm-hmm. I could like psych myself up to rewatch it, and it is wonderfully done, even though it does touch on all the really difficult topics it's it's still a really like enjoyable movie, I think, in its own right, enjoyable in the sense that like 
you get into it. Not ex- enjoyable, ex- like it's nothing you want to watch. It's but not exactly, funny. no, exactly, and that's a much better way <laughs> to word it. But it's enjoyable because it's so good. Yes. So we are, of course, talking about Wind River, the 2017 movie, and they do open it up by saying that it's inspired by actual events. Um, the screen is black. We're hearing a young woman. It sounds like she's reciting a poem before we see her running through the snow, barefoot, screaming in the middle of the night. The next thing we know, it's day, and we see a pack of sheep being stalked by some wolves. I'm assuming they're wolves. I guess they could be coyotes. I don't fucking know. It's not long before one of the wolves is shot dead by a hunter hiding in the distance. And that hunter is none other than... Jeremy Renner. And who do we know podcast related? Like, what was Jeremy Renner? Do we remember? No. I'm taking you back. I don't remember. He was our Dahmer. Oh, yeah, that's right. He He was Dahmer. He was our 2002 Dahmer, the one that I really hated. I really liked Rodney. Yeah. Like the the gay sex interest or whatever, but I hated him as Dahmer. Also, have we talked about his music career? No. Jeremy Renner's music career? No. Hold on. Please pause for (laughs) some comical break. Jeremy Renner's musical career, I learned about it on um, Jesus and Marrow, who I'm obsessed with. And when I tell you that they will never let go of Jeremy Renner's, they bring it up all the time. It's so funny. His music career. <laughs> and when you start typing in Jeremy Renner in, on YouTube, Jeremy Renner singing is the second thing that pops up. Oh, my gosh. Wow. It's unpredictable, I gotta tell you. Okay. Wow. I'll be part of that band. Sure. <laughs> it's Jeremy Renner. Woo! Okay. Anyways, <clears throat> he is playing Corey Lambert, who works for Fish and Wildlife Department, and he is the guy that kills the predatory animals in the area. Some would call that foreshadowing. Oh. Don't you think? I yeah, very much so. I am not going to refer to him as Corey Lambert. He will, for here on out, be Renner. (laughs) Just Renner. Right? Ranger Renner. (laughs) That's good. So he goes from killing this dead wolf to his ex-wife's house. house. She is Native American. Mm -hmm. And immediately gives him, like, a look up and down, like, you been out shooting shit? Mm -hmm. He's like, no. What are you talking about? She's like, the fucking blood. On your clothes? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I thought I cleaned that off. <laughs> Anyways, is our kid here? Yeah. <laughs> he's there to pick up their, what I would guess would be like eight-year-old son. hmm While he's standing in the doorway waiting for the kid to come downstairs, we see him look onto the fireplace at what appears to be like a memorial set up for what I would assume would have been their teenage daughter. hmm Okay. We get that typical father-son bonding shit. He has a ranch. I don't know yet where we are. They haven't introduced us. I think we're in Wyoming. Yes. Wind Um, River's in Wyoming. Okay. So he's got, like, horses and everything. And, you know, they're out doing, like, tough guy shit. Yeah. Right? And so 
one thing that's really important to Ranger Renner is that his son needs to learn the respect of the land and the respect of the animals, right? Because everything works. It all interacts. And if there's a rift in it, whatever. So one day they're out like doing some shit and the son's like, hey, dad, that was super cool. That was some like real cowboy shit. Mm-hmm. And Ranger Runner's like, nope, son, that was all Arapaho. Yeah. Because this is Arapaho territory. Yep. Mm-hmm. We cut from this to a moment where we are going across like a border crossing, and there's a sign informing us that we are entering the Wind River Indian Reservation. Renner is talking to his son. They are going to visit his grandparents, and these would be his ex wife's parents. Not right. Renner's parents. Right, because Renner's white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although he could be white passing like me. And I will even say earlier when the ex-wife was talking to him, like the way she spoke about the reservation, like mm-hmm. do not fucking take your eyes off of our child while you're on the reservation. Right. So as soon as we get there. Renner and the grandpa are discussing mountain lions in the area have been killing his steer. Mm-hmm. Like you say, it's already hard enough to fucking do anything on the land that they've been given. He's finally getting something good. Right. These fucking mountain lions coming in. So, of course, Renner breaks out his full snowsuit. <laughs> yeah. He's got like a snowmobile on hand. Mm-hmm. And they're just, they're going to go out and they're going to look for mountain lions. <laughs> right. He does not find the mountain lion. Instead, he finds footprints, people footprints, Mm -hmm. and blood. So he follows, and unfortunately, he finds the woman we saw running barefoot through the snow at the beginning of the movie. And we can see by his face that he recognizes her. Oh, man. Can I just say something I was very surprised about in this movie was just, I didn't realize how far you could push a snowmobile like they ride these snowmobiles up sides of mountains yeah and i'm like i didn't even know snowmobiles could do that shit i for sure wouldn't be out on a snowmobile doing that I shit i couldn't <laughs> believe it yeah i'm like wow the snowmobile action scenes are really something they else. are mm-hmm. uh he immediately calls it in on his radio but due to the weather and the road conditions it takes hours before fbi arrives and there's this moment where um, the local like head of the tribal police mm-hmm. is talking to the grandpa and they're talking so much shit like, oh, he's fucking FBI. They can never find their way in the snow. Right. All right. Rookies. Our FBI agent, Jane Banner, is played by Elizabeth Olsen. Who we love. We do. But nothing podcast related. I try. Nothing podcast related, but... Her and Jeremy Renner are in a very... A million movies together. Well, they're in the MCU together. Yeah, a million movies together. They're both Marvel characters. Their relationship in this movie is super cute. Yeah. She's a fucking rookie. And just like they were saying, she shows... Doesn't she show up in like slaps and Literally. Literally. (laughs) She's fucking freezing. Yeah. They're like, you just got here. The body's like five miles away in the snow. Right. Like, you're going to die, babe. <laughs> right, they, yeah. they fucking sent you out. You're from the mall or some shit. Like, what are you doing? So the grandma takes her inside to get her some spare clothes and makes it very clear to the agent, like, don't fuck these up. They were my granddaughters. Right. Right. Again, 
the fucking pain on Renner's face when he sees this woman walk out in his dead daughter's clothes. Right. Ugh. She's oblivious. She has no fucking clue what's going on. She's cold. Yeah. And angry. And she's such a bitch right. about she's everything. So about everything. You're like, dude, have a little bit of sensitivity, <clears throat> man. No. The sensitivity kicks in when she finally gets to the fucking scene and realizes the fucking travesty. Right. Like, immediately she calls it a homicide. She orders the rape kit. We find out that our victim, Natalie, lives about a 30-minute drive away. So what the fuck is she doing out in the middle of nowhere with her pajamas and no shoes? Right. 30-minute drive, Mm -hmm. and she's in the middle of nowhere. So Ranger Renner takes us on our play-by-play because he, like, followed her tracks or whatever. Right, just like he would an animal or something. And he determines that she ran fucking ran in negative 20 degree weather as i'm bitching about like 44 degree weather right now (laughs) for six miles until her lungs finally exploded because her body froze from the inside out crazy right i can't run one mile no we wouldn't even be out in the snow we'd be like fuck you i know we'll be inside by the fire getting drunk yeah, but we find out that's not what she's doing, though. She's no. not, like, out exploring in the snow. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, no. Like, we would die in this weather. Oh, fuck yeah. We are not tough no. enough to do what she did, for sure. Olsen is beside herself. She is clearly out of her league, and she's like, Renner, I need you to assist me during this. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. This is clearly horrific. I need to make sure we do this right. Will you help me? Uh-huh. He doesn't care to help her so much, but he's for sure going to help this girl, Natalie. Right. And her family. Um, She does have kind of like a line, how you were saying with the foreshadowing, like, how is it different from what you do anyways? Right. You look for killers. This is what we're doing. The medical examiner finds a laceration to the forehead, two broken ribs, frostbite on her face, hands, and feet. Her vaginal wall was torn at different depths, leading them to believe that she may have been assaulted by more than one person. But he doesn't determine the cause of death a homicide. It was pulmonary hemorrhage due to the weather. And if it's not a homicide, FBI has no business. Right. So Olsen has to tap out. Yeah. And she looks at our main tribal officer, Ben, who's my favorite guy in the whole fucking movie. Um, He's Harry Clearwater in Twilight. Mm -hmm. Pretty much any movie that needs actual Native American actors. that guy. Well, there's like five. Right. And you get the same five. Like um, uh, Jeremy Renner's ex-mother-in-law in in this is very famous Native American actress. Like you just get the same. There's only a handful. And he like looks at her like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? Like, I'm well aware that we have no resources out You're here. Right. He's all, welcome to the party. Uh-huh. He's like, I have six officers to cover an area the size of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. He's like, this shit, if it doesn't fall on our lap, it's not going to get solved. Yep. So, you know, sorry to get your panties in a bunch there. Olsen is now desperate. She doesn't know what to do, but she's not giving up. She's going to Natalie's family. She's got questions. 
But she walks in to find the mom of Natalie in Natalie's bedroom and she's cutting herself. Mm-hmm. She's just overcome with grief. Yeah. And the dad's like, yeah, what the fuck do you expect to find just barging in to our house? We just found out what happened to our daughter. Like, who do you think you are? Right. But of course, Renner comes to like calm things down. And the two men have like a really tender moment because now they've both lost somebody. And it was clear that their daughters were friends. Right. Right. They know each other. Mm -hmm. That was like. One of those moments where I thought about Nick just kind of like choking up a little like. Okay, so Natalie's dad is complaining about, like you were saying with the reservation. He's like, I just lost my daughter to whatever the fuck this is. I feel like I've already lost my son, Chip, to drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. He's out here hanging out with the wrong fucking people. Yeah. He's like, my wife is basically on the verge of whatever in the other room. Like, I need you to go out and I need you to fucking kill whoever did this. Like, just figure it out. Do me the solid. Mm -hmm. And then even goes as far as to hint that, like, his son Chip could be involved. Just because of, like, the crowd he's hanging out with. Like, he could have said something about his sister that would, like... Or, like, maybe someone was trying to, like, use it against him, mm-hmm. use her as, like, bait or whatever. So that's where they start. They go to, like, this drug den. And again, fucking Olsen's like, so we're not going to call him for backup? What backup? <laughs> Where's the backup? Ben's like, bitch, come on. Like, get it together. He's like, we're lucky we have Jeremy Renner no, as backup. It's all we got. Yeah, he's living He's all, normally, I don't even have Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It was so funny. So I think those are the moments, right, where it's like because of how heavy the topic is, they do that for me. And it like brings me back. And I'm like, okay, it's still a movie. (laughs) So they get to the drug den and the dude who answers the door is high as a fucking kite and pulls a fast one on Olsen and Ben, sprays them in the face. I'm assuming it's pepper spray. Renner, the badass that he is, is clearly waiting from behind the trailer. So when all the druggies scatter, they're like rats coming out of the sewer. Yeah. Right. And he's fucking knocking them out like a baseball bat, but with a snow shovel. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he gets most of them, but there's one still inside the trailer that Olsen manages to shoot, but she doesn't kill him. Mm-hmm. She tells Ben to call for like an ambulance and Ben's like, I'm not going to waste their time to come out here and deal with this. By the time they get out here, he's going to already be bled out. Mm-hmm. And who are we really trying to save? Olsen again, beside herself. Like it's the fucking wild, wild west out here. And she can't believe that these people are not just bending over backwards to help no. a white female law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Natalie's brother Chip was one of the dummies who got knocked out in the back. So when he's finally coming to, they're questioning him about his sister's death, which he fucking knew nothing about. So it's sinking in for him now. Like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. And so he lets it slip that she was dating some guy that he doesn't fucking like because he's one of these drill guys. Uh Uh-huh. Right? These pipeliners. Natalie's boyfriend was Matt, a much older, 
white security guard at a local oil drilling camp. So, while trying to track this guy, they find him fucking dead. Half eaten, just out in the snow. <laughs> and who is he played by? I'll get there. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right? You're That's, so excited. I was so excited You're about so that ex- one. Calm down. <sighs> Calm down. <laughs> so hot. Mm-hmm. I forgot. How hot he is? No, that he was in it. Oh. <laughs> and I was so excited. So that night, wanting to discuss the case further, Renner invites Olsen back to his place. And this is where she finds out about his daughter's passing three years prior. Mm-hmm. Emily was 16 at the time. So on a rare night off, the parents still married, <clears throat> get a hotel room out of town, leave her to watch the brother. Right? Word spreads real quick when a cute 16-year-old's home alone for the night. Right. Parents are out of town and the wrong people showed up. And the next morning, when her friends couldn't find her, that's when they finally called the parents. Mm-hmm. Emily was found 20 miles away, again, mostly eaten. So by the time they found her, they couldn't determine her cause of death. Crazy. Right. There was, they couldn't determine anything. Now, next day, we're heading to this drill camp. Again, we've got an FBI agent who can't fucking do anything. We got Jeremy <laughs> She's Renner. She's tenacious, though. Right? We got tribal cop Ben. Right. My, my man. My guy. <laughs> they got no warrant. They got nothing. So hoping for the best, they call in some, like, local police that are more familiar with the drill guys just yeah. to kind of, like, tread lightly. Mm-hmm. Not trying to come in too hot. Yeah. When they arrive and ask for Matt, the guy's also, like, that's a good fucking question. I've been looking for him too. You tell me. Where's Matt, right? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Olsen notices that these guys look a little beat up. Mm. Bruises, scratches. She's like, hmm, you guys look a little fucking sus. They explain it all away. They're like, this is what comes with the territory. You work the job, you work out here. This is just how we do. Right. Things get hot quick when one of the, like, help me officers is noticing that the drill guys are, he had a word for it, like, flanking them, like, surrounding them. And so he calls out on it, like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, don't think I don't fucking see what you guys are trying to pull right now. So everyone's pulling guns on everyone. God bless it. And here comes Agent Olsen. Trying to pull rank, instructing everyone to stand down. Now, meanwhile, fucking Renner is out in the middle of nowhere. He is on the outskirts of all of this, in the woods, mm-hmm. right? In his fucking getup, yeah. just like looking from his sniper rifle, like watching in on all this. Mm-hmm. Just got to point that out. He's just out in the fucking woods. He does try to walkie talking to Ben. They have no signal. And just as all this is going down, the main, like, drill guy is like, look, it's fine. Let's just take her to the trailer, to Matt's trailer. So when we get to the trailer, this is when we get the scene. We flash back in time Mm -hmm. to that night. 
And we see none other than Shane from The Walking Dead. Yep. Or Frank Castle from The Punisher. Pick uh, pick your poison, God, babe. God, love it. Pick your fucking poison. Getting out of a hot, steamy shower. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he hears the knock at the door. And it's Natalie there to surprise him. Mm-hmm. So I guess... He chose to stay back that night while whoever he shares the little trailer with, they were all out drinking because they're laying there in bed when they hear the trucks roll up and immediately she's like, fuck, she like goes to get dressed. They're scrambling or whatever. Right. She can't get out. And they are immediately like panicked about this. Oh, yeah. Like they know from the get that this is not going to be good. Mm -mm. So there's this one main asshole who will not give up. Most of the guys just roll in and they're hungry. Right. But this motherfucker, he decides that he deserves some kind of attention because there's a female in the trailer Mm -hmm. and he will not lit up. Matt ends up kicking him in the face when he goes to like start pulling up the covers. Mm -hmm. This causes the two of them to fight. And again, at first the other guys are just trying to separate it. Like, come on, all of you are being stupid, but when Natalie tries to step in and she, like, goes to push one of them, it's it's on. Then they're like, oh, well, now she needs to be fucking taken care of because yeah. you don't lay hands on us. Right. They knock her down, which sends Matt fucking raging. He takes out most of them. Right. Right. But finally, he gets knocked out. Natalie gets... Like, she ends up falling right on the edge of the bed. As she's regaining consciousness, she's being raped. She tries to play it off like she hasn't woken up, right? She's not going to give them a fucking ounce of satisfaction or anything, right? Just Matt, again, also regains finding this happening to his girlfriend. Does the best he can. Right. She takes this as the opportunity, like, this is it. I need to get the fuck out of here. She grabs a jacket. This is why she has no shoes on. Right. She's in her pajamas. When she goes to look back for Matt, like, just to, like, eye contact something, you can't even see him. They're Mm -hmm. all just on top of him, punching him, kicking him. Yeah. So she goes to reach for the door handle And that's when we're transported back in time, Mm -hmm. back to the current agent Olsen going to open the door. She's getting shot through the door. Yeah. She's vested. She's fine. She's fucking got the wind knocked out of her. Of course. All hell's breaking loose. And now we don't just have guns drawn. Everyone is shooting everyone. Yeah. Unfortunately, my guy, Ben... He dies. Renner, I don't know. I think he finds a mountain lion and gets distracted. (laughs) (laughs) So by because by the time he realizes what's happening and like comes in and like save the day, I'm like, you couldn't have fucking come earlier and save Ben. Also, that sniper rifle, you can't shoot them from wherever it is. Right. What's isn't that what he's there for? Yeah, for real. I thought he was up there as like backup. So he ends up sniping most of them, but it's like by now it's already too, like most of them are already on the ground. Like Ben's already dead. <laughs> yes, ex- that's it. it. That's what it comes down to. Ben is dead and I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> Good for fucking nothing, Jeremy Renner. I'm very upset. Say fucking Olsen. 
but my guy Ben. Okay. Now, there was one he chose not to kill, and it was the main asshole, mm-hmm. the main instigator. He takes this piece of shit to, like, the highest high peak on the edge of whatever fucking mountain. And when the guy finally, like, wakes up to figure out what's happening, he's barefoot, tied up in the snow in just basic clothes. Like yeah. a long sleeve shirt and some jeans. Runner's like, hey, I'm not here to kill you. I just need to know what happened. Hit me. Hit me with your story. He blames the isolation. Mm. It's being stuck in the silence, in the snow, with no women and no fun. And I just, I work all day and all night and blah, blah, blah. Runner's like, interesting. So that silence and that snow that you're complaining about happens to be the only thing we've left to these Native Americans, right? This is the only land that they have left to claim because this is what we've given to them. But now you want to take that away from them. You want to take their women away from them. And you just want to blame it because you're lonely Mm -hmm. and you got bored in the snow. So he's like, you want to try that again? (laughs) He's like, that that shit's not going to work. And so when he finally does confess, Runner's like, great. Then I'm going to give you the same opportunity you gave Natalie. Natalie ran for fucking six miles in the snow. Mm-hmm. You can run six miles in the snow. You will make it to the highway and someone will be there and they will save you. Yeah. He doesn't even make it out of eyesight. Yeah. Before he fucking chokes on his own blood and just falls to the ground and dies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even make it fucking 60 feet, right? Yeah. First, Renner goes to visit Olsen in the hospital. They have a really weird interaction. Olsen kind of reminds me of the person you were talking about that wrote the book, The Wind River or whatever. Yeah. Be- not a native person, but being so struck by the whole experience and everything, like keeping wanting to go back Mm -hmm. because it's very clear at this moment in the hospital that what she experienced and what she saw and the total injustice and the whole broken system and everything, she was shook. Yeah. Like she's in her hospital bed, just sobbing. Like how could anyone let that happen to that girl? Mm -hmm. Like had I not had you, we wouldn't have ever even gotten this far. Who knows if they would have even found her if it wasn't for Jeremy Renner and his right. little, like tracking skills. And so her just trying to compute that, it was just like, you could really feel the emotion in that moment. So that's where Elizabeth Olsen like really came through in the movie. It was a very... I thought she acted the whole movie really well. Oh, I yeah, don't... because she played that part. You want her yeah. to be that girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not happy with her action or her maybe her attitude. Yeah. But I think that's the point of it, right? Is coming in with that outsider attitude of like, well, why can't we just do like, why can't like, why don't we have backup? Why don't we have funding? Why don't we have this? Like, why don't you guys have this? Like that kind of attitude of like. Again, and that's what makes the movie so good, like so enjoyable. Okay. So after that fucking moment, 
Oh, I do want to know. He reads to her from like an old women's magazine, like a Cosmo. Like reads to her like a quiz, like 10 things or 10 signs that he's into you. Right. That's so funny. It was so cute. Then he goes, obviously, to Natalie's family. He opens the door, which is left unlocked. And as soon as he walks in, he realizes that the house is freezing. Mm-hmm. The fire is clearly not being tended to. Mm-hmm. And so he goes upstairs to Natalie's room, kind of expecting to find the worst. Right. Fortunately, the mom is alive. She's sleeping in Natalie's room in the bed, like surrounded by pictures and just notes and photo books, whatever. So he like puts a blanket on her. He goes out to the backyard and he finds the dad. Mm -hmm. And the dad was like, I was minutes from taking my own life when the phone rang. And it was Chip. It's like, it's the first time my son's called me in like over a year. Mm -hmm. He's like, sure. It's so that I can go and pick him up at the fucking station. However... He didn't have to call me, mm-hmm. right? He could have called somebody else. He chose to call me, and now I have this second chance, this new opportunity. <clears throat> and this is where they're, like, sitting in his backyard right next to a swing set where his kids obviously played. Right. Right. Very sweet moment. And he's sitting out there, and he's like, so I heard the news. Uh, about what happened at the drill camp or whatever. And he's like, and I heard about the one guy still missing. Runner's like, no one's missing. He's like, <laughs> good. And, you know, they just kind of have yeah. that, that nod. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, just wanted to make sure. He's like, yeah, no one's missing. We're good. It's right then and there that they cut the movie. And as we just see them, like we're looking at their backs as they're just like staring into nothing. Just like having that moment of peace together. Mm-hmm that they post on the screen while missing person statistics are compiled for every other demographic none exists for native american women crazy so there's no way to know how many are missing yeah and that shit i remember watching it the first time and just being like no way Mm -hmm. that's so crazy Mm -hmm. because it's like you're saying it's like the native american the the women native to the land they don't get the demographic nope (laughs) blew my mind so incredible movie i didn't know that the drill camps were really a tie yeah so to me that's something i learned from this episode Mm -hmm. and that's for sure what i'm taking away it makes sense but i did not know that yep so i give that to the movie um the fact that it's a real reservation mm-hmm. i think the movie did a really good job fantastic how many yeah. knives do you give it i'm definitely gonna give it like a 3.5 all right pretty mm-hmm. good for a drama yeah no exactly they did it really well i would like to point out that in northern california not where we live but up near um redding california there is god damn it oh god there is a casino Called not Wind River, mm, Win Win River. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like congratulations, you just won the jackpot, Win River. So uh, you know that's great. 
<laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't even thought about that. You're so right. Yeah. Stupid. So dumb. Anyways, all right. Well, it is a good movie. I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in a long time, but um, I think I watched it on Prime. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely out there. I I know it popped up somewhere. Yeah, and I was like, oh look, there it is. Mm-hmm. You'll be able to find it easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it is a it is a great movie. It definitely sticks with you. I'm happy that although they allude to certain things, like they allude to this possible romantic feelings between. <coughs> FBI agent and Renner and they even allude to like the possibility of the fact that you can tell him and his ex-wife just grief tore them apart but they still very clearly have like feelings for each other right in some regard I like that they still kept it like they never have like a side storyline of like a romance or a this or that because again he invites her back to the house Mm -hmm. and it's not an opportunity to turn it into like a romantic scene right it's an opportunity for him to talk about his daughter. Yeah. Every time you thought that it was going to lean towards that romantic take, they did. They reeled it back in and they made it relate to the story. Which I think was really good. Absolutely. No, really they good to point from, that like, out. Cheapening mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Very movie. much so. So this week's topic was a bummer, but, you know, we've done a lot of bummer topics i mean most of our topics are bummer i know it's it's very rare that it's good news guys it's usually uh, not great um to see pictures thc podcast on instagram i'm not wrapping up don't worry okay but if you want to see pictures from this week's episode <coughs> it probably won't be this week probably won't be pictures like you're used to seeing but i'll put something together for sure. And B will have a look of the week. Don't worry. She's not dressing up as a Native American. <laughs> I'm all B. Let's just paint your face brown and dress you up like a Native American and cancel our well, I was going to say, no, if anything, I'm like, we'll paint your face. You're the Native American. <laughs> I know. I am. I could technically. I do have all. I do have my Native regalia that I could put on. Okay. and But I am white passing. So it would probably It would be bad. Be yeah. No. So the guy that plays natalie's dad when he's sitting in the backyard mm-hmm. um it's kind of one of the inspirations for my look of the week or whatever he is he's wearing face paint and runner kind of po- like pokes fun at him like bro what the fuck like do you even know what colors or what design you put on your face and he's like no it's my death mask and that's how i'm feeling <laughs> yeah he's like no i don't know shit about my ancestors and what kind of face paint they would have done but i felt like in this moment i needed to paint my face i need to fucking come in the right i know it is very interesting um almost every native american person i know which includes my own family are christian people and i can't they don't i can't know a ton about traditions i do have family on a reservation in new mexico and maybe they do hold stronger ties to traditions but i know that they're all catholic as well um my maiden last name is a hispanic last name my dad's side of the family actually a lot of them speak spanish they're all Spanish Catholic. That's they so all hold up Spanish traditions. And that's because the Spanish came up through South America and through what we call Mexico and actually got to my dad's people before white settlers yeah. did. Mm-hmm. And they um, enslaved a lot of my dad's people and took them off to their rancheros. And so my dad's side of the family is actually very like Latin passing. You would assume based on their skin color and their last name and their religion, that they were Hispanic, but they're not. They're yeah. native. Um, 
so yeah, it's just so, it's so, so wild. A lot of what I've learned about being a Native American, actually my white mother exposed me to because my white little gypsy crystal, not religious mom was the one taking me to powwows and yeah. was the one forcing me to read these like boring history books about Native Americans. Right. And like she was super into making sure that it was like a part of my childhood, mm-hmm. which my siblings, who also have a white mom that I love very much, did not have that opportunity. Yeah. And they were just raised in a very Christian, regular household. So yeah. it's very interesting. Anything else, B? So to touch, I'm not currently in my outfit of the week. Oh, it, that's right. Your outfit of the week. It needs to be a daytime picture. Okay. I'm definitely going to steal from my husband's clothing. I wish it was one month from now and we could have gone to the snow. Right. I did get to see a little bit of snow this weekend. That was fun. In Reno. Yeah. It was like that perfect little powder dusting yeah. all over everything. Mm-hmm. And where we live, we're like, what would you say? 15 minutes from snow in Easy. the wintertime? Easy. Um. So you just have to go up a hill a little bit to get to it. But I we know. are very close to snow. That would have been fun to take a snow picture. I know. I agree. I will have to figure out some sort of snowy winter case we can do just to get us up in the snow in December. Yeah. Anyways, um, so. But I do definitely want to try to camouflage myself somehow. Mm-hmm. Maybe in like a pile of leaves somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just lay down on the ground with my gun and pretend like I'm hunting predatory animals <laughs> there are some big piles of leaves on my way to work yeah those neighborhoods have huge piles and of i've seen like people do it for the gram i've seen like a couple girls where they're like laying in them like doing their cute little fall photos oh yeah yeah Could so you imagine me laying poor there with random my... people you're out my cowboy with hat. a gun in a pile of leaves We're gonna, we might get arrested for this bees look of the week no that's why hopefully we'll just get to do it somewhere We'll figure it out. Yeah. There's got to be enough. My stupid tree hasn't started. If this would have been in like two or three weeks, that tree in my backyard would have given us plenty. I was going to say there's none on your trampoline right now. Oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah, your trampoline. I don't know if there's enough. Yeah. Because when that tree fucking loses it, it loses it all at once. And it's crazy. It does. But either way, I'm going to try to camouflage, shoot some stuff because, you know, me and a gun. It's always a good time. Always the best. Always a good time. Yeah, we'll set you up with like one of our like little rifles mm-hmm. or shotguns or something. It'll be good. Yeah. I think Lou has a rifle with like a scope on it. Oh, I mean, I've got like some fake BB gun looking rifles too. So. There you go. Yeah. I just, th- I was picturing like if we can get one with like a little eye mm-hmm. scope because that's like perfect. Well, I have like a handheld black flashlight. It'll look like a overall oh, tape. Close enough. <laughs> Next week, we'll keep it a little bit more lighthearted. I don't know what we're doing yet, but I'll think of something. Yeah. I can't wait. Can't wait. I can't wait. Um, If you guys could leave us a like, comment, subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. I would love to take this minute to point out that a lot of the times we end up with technical difficulties, especially apparently when we're talking about like exorcisms or the devil or whatever. We have had zero technical difficulties this episode. Wow. So, you know, I don't know if we believe in that. I don't know if we believe in uh, the spirits reacting certain ways to certain podcasts. But if we do, then I would say there's some spirits of some MMIW who probably appreciate us talking about them and getting the word out. I love it. 
So on that note, thank you so much for listening. We love you. We appreciate you. If you want to educate yourself more, please go to any of the websites I mentioned or just type in MMIW into Google and you will get plenty of websites with lots of research. I'm just, you know, not that great at this hobby. So there's lots more to learn than what I put out there. And uh, we look forward to next week, right, B? Hell yeah, always. Hell yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Adios.